Welcome to the Made Men Project. This is your man, DB. Transform from trauma victim into a victor over trauma and your emotional responsive coach. You are now inside the Made Men Project where every Monday we are bringing you an empowering personal message to dismantle society's false sense of masculinity and change the male narrative. Thanks for coming through today, family. Lewis Howes once said, In reality, failure is simply feedback. It's not that you are bad or not good enough or incapable. Failure or feedback gives you the opportunity to look at what's not working and figure out how to make it work. So my guest today is a true men's mental health advocate and the CEO of Tether for Men, Matt Zerker. Matt shares his journey through manhood, the importance of peer-to-peer mental health support, while also being transparent and vulnerable about his own struggles and challenges with masculinity and the toll that his personal and professional demands has on his mental health. Make sure to share this podcast with others who you think can benefit from it. Just copy and paste the link. Also remember to subscribe to the Made Men Project and leave us a rating and review. All right, people, let's get it. Hey, yo, fellas, we, we made men. We made men. Try to believe that within. I just want to be a good man. Okay. I know you all, but tell me you a good man. Tell me you're a good man. So many men are being crushed. Societal demands to be tough. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. Okay. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. I'm right beside you, I'm right behind you. I know that life could be hard. Right? You're not a coward, you got the power for talking about your scars. No, you're not soft. Let me inspire you, empower you because society may want to see you fall. You got another brother to call. So many men are being crushed. Societal demands to be tough. Yes, you yes, you are enough. Don't bluff. Okay. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a Hey, hey, I'm here, my brother. I love you. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just wanna be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Made Man Project. I'm your host, DB, and today I'm bringing on the CEO of Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men, my good friend, Matt Zerker. Today, Matt is going to help me dismantle society's false sense of masculinity because so many men are being crushed on societal demands to be tough, deny any kind of vulnerability, sensitivity, or any internal hurt or pain, and it's time to change that narrative. Now, listen, it's going to be a great show with so many things you guys are going to, want to pay attention to, so don't miss this. But first, really quickly, if you're a man who knows that you have the potential to do great things, but just not sure how to get from where you are to where you want to be, you're trapped in mental, emotional bondage and being crushed under self-limiting beliefs and behaviors, it's time to stop struggling with the stress, anxiety, self-doubt, and fear. Look me up on LinkedIn at DBM Powers and send me a message so we can book your free no-pitch clarity call so you can learn about me and my team and if and how we can help you master your emotions and begin maximizing your full potential, both personally and professionally, in the next 60 days. Okay, my man, Matt, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show. How you doing, DB, man? It's so good to be here. Oh, man, I'm so glad to have you on here, man. I know you're busy. You got a big initiative going. You're doing a lot of things with your platform, and I think your platform is very wonderful, brother. Truly appreciate what you got going in the space you're making available for men, man. Thank you so much, man. It it means a lot, and, uh, you know, I know... Uh, we met like in like a, a, a men's men's only Facebook group like a while back and connected and I, I you know I saw you dropping in uh, your stuff there and we got to connect man and uh, you know I'm really I'm really honored that you asked me to to come on and join you today and I, I, I love the stuff that you're you're doing and I love the way that you speak about uh, specifically men's work and men's mental emotional men like giving men permission uh, to get to get clear on you know why they're feeling a certain way uh, to actually feel the full you know impact of those emotions and and allowing them to run you know to run through it and giving them the space to do that man so thank you for doing the work that you do yes sir I appreciate you brother so listen man I know you're busy man you got a lot going on so I want to jump right into it my man sure so as a child who and what was your example of a man um, I mean, you, you know what, like, uh, in terms of when I was a child, I, I don't even have, I mean, my, my father was, you know, obviously, you know, in my life from, 
uh, you know, from, you know, the time I was born, you know, he's, we still have a great relationship. Uh, there's still some challenges in that. I mean, I don't know if I had a, uh, a singular, uh, view of what a man was right like i i just had you know a bunch of people around me that i knew were men but like i never had anybody in my life that was like oh that's that's a man and that's somebody uh that you know um you know i i i never saw anyone in my life as like the epitome of masculinity if that mm -hmm. makes sense right um and you know honestly i think i grew up sort of not knowing exactly what it meant to be a man like I, I was never told like this is what a man does this is what he doesn't do I was never really you know given those lessons it wasn't the type of guy that my you know my father was he was um you know he was much more to himself you know uh not closed off isn't the right word but uh you know he he liked doing things himself he liked you know uh, reading and all of these kinds of things and, and he wasn't the the type of rah-rah like take you by the hand and teach you uh, what it meant to be a man that just wasn't kind of his style um, and so you know I think I I definitely looked for that you know growing up and you know as a result like I felt like you know even even till you know even still today man like sometimes I don't really know what you know what I'm supposed to be doing as a man like you know I I, I still hold myself to like these standards of, you know, uh, masculinity, whether it's, you know, in, in relationships with women or whether it's in business or whether it's in what I should be doing or should not be doing. Um, you know, I, I still have a really hard time with all of that. And I, I think, you know, I'm still personally working through, you know, what it means to be a man for me, because, uh, you know, honestly, like it's, it's not, you know, it's not something where you just sort of dive in and all of a sudden you, you've got all of this kind of stuff you know, figured out, you read a couple of books, right? It's like an ongoing process of discovery for me. So, uh, you know, with with growing up, I mean, that's the thing It's like, I, I, I had my father and, you know, I love my father. And, you know, I, I think I still like a lot of us, uh, even, you know, who had fathers and who didn't have fathers, we're still looking for, you know, that that archetype to show us like how to be a man. And, and when I say how to be a man, I don't mean you know, man up or any of that kind of stuff, but like, you know, what it means to be like a man from like a responsibility standpoint from a, a you know, uh, allowing, you know, allowing boys to have that space to be emotional. I, you know, I think we, a lot of us look for it. And I think that's a big part of why both you and I are doing this type of work uh, because, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we kind of, you know, didn't necessarily have that like number one kind of like role model in our lives, which, you know, that told us exactly what a man was supposed to do. And as a result, you know, we kind of, you know, grow up without these rites of passage and without these, you know, very clear, specific learnings. And as a result, like you kind of end up trying to feel your way around in the world. Um, and, and that's kind of the way that I, you know, that I felt. And, and this is, you know, absolutely nothing, nothing against my father, you know, uh, I, I love him dearly, and he loves me dearly. Um, and, and he also kind of, you know, he is who he is, right? Yeah. Um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, he had a very specific relationship with his father. So like, yeah. all of this stuff is like, you know, generational and complex. And, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's really interesting. I've actually never been asked that question about you know, a male role model. So I, I'm kind of like trying to spin something up here on the spot, but uh, that that would be my best answer. But I would say, you know, in terms of, you know, role models, my father definitely was a role model, but I, I never felt like I really knew what, um, you know, what it meant to be a man or, you know, I, I never felt like I got those lessons. And so I was yeah. kind of searching and, and find, trying to find my own meaning for that in the world, uh, especially as a young man, even still today. Yeah, I get it, man. That's and that's great. You don't have to spend anything, brother. You gave a real truthful answer, man, and I appreciate that. So being that you didn't get that 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 sit down, that talk, or this is what a man is, what a man is, and whatever, when you were younger and you viewed men, what did being a man mean to you then at that time? Um, well, you know what? I think I think for me, you know. Uh, you know, especially because of like, you know, things that happened to me when I was a kid where it's like, you know, uh, being bullied and, and uh, you know, always kind of 
you know, craving attention, you know, and approval for from others, like, I really sort of threw myself into this idea that, you know, I, you know, I had to be good with women, I had to uh, perform in a job, I had to, uh, you know, I had to be kind of like the center of attention, I had to be that sort of alpha. Um, and, and I had to be popular, like all of these kinds of things, like things that I'm still, you know, deconstructing and still dealing with, like, I, I'll still have you know, reactions, uh, you know, to certain situations that I know are based in uh, these belief systems that I still have that I haven't fully gotten, you know, gotten rid of, but I know that they're there, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so like, I mean, it's all the typical stuff, like it, it's, it's really, you know, nothing, um, I would say it's nothing like creative or, or nothing that's um, particularly unique. I think it, it's all the same stuff that like, you know, growing up, you know, as a, as a cisgendered straight male uh, that you think that you're supposed to, to kind of be. And uh, even though that wasn't, that wasn't the message that I got from anyone, really, that I, I, it wasn't a message I got from my, my father. It wasn't a message that I got from, uh, you know, my mother. It wasn't a message that I got from anyone, not, you know, not uncle, grandfather. You know, my grandfather was a very mild-mannered, sweet, you know, uh, kind man. Um, and you know, my father was, you know, more reserved and whatever, and, and, you know, kind of to himself. So I never, I never got this, you know, imposed on me from any of them. I think it was just something that I picked up from programming and society and movies and, you know, TV shows and, you know, uh, you know, looking at the kids that, you know, I wish, you know, whose lives I wish that I had, right, because they had more friends than I did, or, you know, girls wanted to talk to them, or, you know, whatever it was, like, I think it's like, it can come very directly from like, some kind of a male influence in your life. But then, you know, there's so much crap out there that is, you know, programming us completely unconsciously from a very young age, TV, movies, uh, just like our, our environment and our surroundings. Uh, and I think that's where I picked it up from, but you know, it, nothing, nothing special, just kind of the, you know, the same stuff I think a lot of guys get, but uh, it's still something again, that I'm, I'm working to unprogram in my own mind uh, because it is so unhelpful. Right. And, and it is, um, it is, you know, uh, it is a set of beliefs that prevent me from actually truly loving myself. Right. Because then it's like I'm, I'm, I'm always I'm always doing or not doing something that is is not measuring up in some way. Right. Or, or I'm not measuring up in some way. And so my big journey has has been towards uh, realizing that, you know, I'm not I'm not a victim. Right. First mm -hmm. of all, first and foremost, I'm not yeah. a victim um, that I do have choice and control over. Uh, my beliefs and, you know, how I view the world. Uh, but it's still difficult, man. Like, you know, I, I don't, I'm sure you, you, you have this too. It's like, you know, despite having done all of this work, we have these automatic responses because our bodies have been so wired for so many years Absolutely. from a trauma response to react in a certain way to a certain thing. Um, and I still get that. And so it's like, I constantly have to be on guard uh, for that response and for that thing, because like my body is going to react faster than my mind does. Right. And, and I'm not going to be able to just like, kind of, you know, gently glide through, um, gently glide through, uh, you know, life with, without these responses, like I'm still working through, um, you know, a lot of these, these trauma responses in my body. And, and those are what, those are the responses that then trigger the thoughts that create the thought loop that then create that then perpetuate those self-limiting beliefs and those self-limiting actions right but if you know that those things are coming from that place and you know that you're making decisions based on it then once you have that awareness then you can finally make a choice about whether you're going to believe it whether you're going to act upon it or whether you're going to do something else and and that is like that that choice is is where I think the freedom lies. Um, and I'm still working on that because sometimes uh, I still don't want to I still don't want to make the right choice. Right. Like I still you know, I, I, I'm still so I can still get so attached to that, you know, feeling of like or, or that belief of what I should have been or what I should be that I'm like, I don't want to give it up which is, yeah. it's, it's so interesting, even though I, and like, and I can be there being like, 
I know this is bullshit and I don't want to give it up. <laughs> yeah. that, and that's tough, man, because you know, man, it's like, you know, doing what is good for you does not always feel good. And, right. And, it's, and, and we, and because of the condition we went through, because of, you know, our subconscious mind is, you know, berated by so many things of, you know, th- so many things that we endured, man, we always want to do what feels good instead of what is good for us. You understand? We want to make choices yeah. that try to, you know, <laughs> make us comfortable, you know, to try yeah. to help us cope with the things that we're thinking and feeling the distressing, overwhelming thoughts and feelings. So I get where you're at, brother. That's why, you know, one of my favorite quotes is by Eric Thomas. And it's like, don't make a habit out of doing what feels good versus what's good for you. So, you know, right. I try to make sure that the choices I make are the choices that align with my purpose and my vision and the things that are good for me. So I definitely get where you are, brother. So mm. I know you spoke a little bit earlier yeah. about being bullied and throughout your childhood, the things you dealt with. Hey, man, share your story a little bit, man. Go a little bit deeper than that and tell us, like, what really made you the man you are today? Um, well, I mean, that that's like now I can I can really now just take up the rest of the podcast talking about this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to kind of keep I, I love diving into the issues more. And, and like I, I've, I've published my, my story in a bunch of different places, but I mean, I, I grew up in a very, you know, I, I grew up in a very privileged environment. I mean, you know, if you looked at it from the outside, um, there was really, you know, nothing wrong. But, uh, you know, I had this, you know, inferiority complex uh, that, you know, I, I think, you know, if I look back and I try, I'm trying to make less and less meaning out of these events um, from my childhood, because I think the more that we get into it and the more that we say, oh, you know, this is because I was this blank. Um, it kind of try it, it reinforces a lot of that. But I, I, you know, from like a just telling my story and from the story points, um, you know, I I grew up in Toronto, Canada. Um, I, I grew up to to two parents. My parents are still together. Um, you know, both my parents loved me very deeply. Uh, you know, we were you know upper middle class. Um, you know, and, and, you know, there was never any, you know, worry about food or, you know, housing or any, anything like that. Uh, there was no abuse from my parents. Uh, you know, there's no physical or any other kind of abuse, really. Uh, we had a, you know, we had a, uh, you know, a, a tense family. My, you know, my mom was a pretty uh, anxious person. Uh, she worked a lot. Uh, you know, my father was had a bit of a, you know, a short fuse when it came to uh, being bothered about certain things. Uh, and so there was always this feeling like, you know, I was kind of like, you know, walking on eggshells uh, mm-hmm. a little bit uh, in the house. And then as a result, that made me, you know, very quick twitch, right, when it came to things. And I also felt like, you know, I had to be the peacemaker and make other people in the house happy. Uh, as well, because, you know, I, you know, my, my, my sister, like, kind of, um, you know, she was definitely, you know, uh, she was definitely, you know, the one in our family who, uh, you know, was was kind of like, I guess, taken care of, Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she was very much taken care of. And she got that attention from both my 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 father and my mother, I got more of that attention from my mother, the the caretaking stuff, I got less of the 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 understanding and stuff like that from my father. And I think that, you know, is part and parcel of the the relationship that a lot of dads have with their daughters that they don't then have with their sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents, you know, uh, we're not like, you know, uh, we're not like the emotional type people uh, that I probably needed as parents, especially once I started to get bullied when I was a kid. So I went to a school, uh, I was bullied from a very young age, uh, I kind of felt different than the other kids. Uh, and, you know, my parents were always there to support me and, and say, you know, that's, that's awful and whatever. But um, they just, they, they, they always then tried to fix the problem. Right. They always tried to jump in and say, oh, well, maybe we can do this. What maybe we can do that. Right. Uh, as opposed to just sort of saying to me, you know, you're 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 good as you are. Like you I I, I didn't really I always felt like I had to, like, figure something out or do something different in order to, you know, change the situation, get people to like me, make the bullying stop uh, or or what have you. And so, you know, I, I, I started probably in therapy at like I don't know, 10, 11 years old or something like that. And so, 
Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of, of sending young kids to therapy, to be perfectly honest, unless there's like a really big reason to it, because I think what it means, it, it makes that child, you know, in some way feel like they're a problem to be solved. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that that can also be, you know, just as damaging as the, uh, as the benefit from the therapy itself. I, I, I don't, um, I don't think that it, you know, it really, uh, I don't think it really helps a lot of like small kids unless there's like really big, you know, mental, emotional issues. But like, I, yeah. I, I, I kind of always had this feeling and, and like, I, I, I always feel kind of guilty saying certain things about the way that I was brought up and like the things that I then learned to feel from my parents, because I know that they weren't trying to do that. I knew, I know that they were trying their best uh, to be able to help me and they were doing it in the way that they could. Um, and, and that was kind of the, uh, that was kind of the, the way that it went. And, and, uh, you know, when I was a young teen, like, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of was always filling this, this kind of hole inside me that originated around the time that I was kind of seven, eight, nine years old. Um, and I, and I felt that hole, uh, very much, you know, throughout my teens. And, and, you know, when I was in my early teens, I would eat a lot. And that was kind of how I felt filled the hole uh, when I was in my, my late teens, you know, it, it, and, and in high school, it became drugs and alcohol. Um, and then when I was in, you know, uh, after I, I kind of ended up dropping out of university, uh, when I was uh, about 20 years old, after two years, um, I, I, I decided that I was going to throw myself into achievement, right. And so that meant, you know, doing the best in school and, you know, getting my CFA, getting into finance, becoming a portfolio manager at a hedge fund, you know, trying to climb that corporate ladder, making sure that my suits look good and all of that kind of stuff. And so, but like, what you can see is, is that I was always trying to fill this hole that I had, uh, Mm -hmm. inside me. Um, uh, and I was trying to fill it with things, with validation, with approval, with, you know, attention, with all of these things that, that never end up really, you know, making the difference. Right. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is such an, such an inside job. Um, and then, you know, I was working and, you know, I was doing pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I had a really good job, uh, at a hedge fund. I had become a portfolio manager at a very young age. Uh, I was making, you know, a good living and, and, you know, working hard and then, in uh, January of 2018, you know, I was I was living in here in Toronto in this townhouse complex, um, and I had met this uh, this guy who lived uh, you know right across the way from me. And the way that we met, we we had adjoining bal- not uh, we had balconies that were across from each other, and we would stand outside. Um, and uh, you know, one night I happened to be standing outside, and and this guy happened to be standing on his balcony. He ends up you know, uh, introducing himself by saying like, Hey man, who, who the fuck are you? Um, and that was kind of the first, you know, the first time that I ever spoke to this guy and we became, uh, exceptionally close friends. And that was in 2015. Uh, and you know, over the next three years, we, we built this really close, uh, connected friendship and, you know, would see each other a ton and, um, you know, just considered him one of my, my closest friends. Uh, and then in January, 2018, uh, you know, he, he got sick, he got pneumonia. Um, and then one day he just, he started, you know, throwing up in a bathtub and, uh, his roommate at the time was like, all right, we gotta, you know, we gotta get you to the hospital. Uh, something's going on. Your pneumonia is not getting, not getting any better. Um, and called the ambulance. And unfortunately, you know, just as he was getting onto the gurney, he, he fell, he dropped down and, and never ended up getting up. Um, and him passing away uh, left a huge mark on, on my life. Um, I, you know, I was thrown into a really deep depression. Um, I, I couldn't get out of bed. I, you know, I had like really crippling anxiety. Yeah. And uh it just, you know, it, it sent me to this place of like, you know, what does, you know, what does life mean really? And, uh, you know, why am I here and what am I doing and, you know, what's my purpose and, you know, uh, and then just like the complete devastation and sadness of losing somebody that you, you love deeply. And he was one of those guys that I could speak with, uh, about anything, uh, and, um, you know, losing, losing somebody who, 
you know, he had a lot of the same stuff as I did. I, you know, he was bullied as a kid and, you know, he suffered from depression and, and, you know, sadness and stuff like that. And, you know, he had a lot of the same, you know, beliefs about himself that I did. And I think a lot of kids develop when they, uh, when they get bullied as kids, it's just like, it's natural for them to, to develop certain belief systems about themselves. And I know uh, that was something that he struggled with uh, as well. Um, and so like it, it re he really was like this kindred, you know, kindred spirit to me and losing that was, was really, you know, was very devastating. And I ended up trying, you know, to do absolutely everything in my power uh, to get out of, uh, you know, to get out of this state of just like, you know, not being able to get into, out of bed. Like I was on mental health leave uh, from work there for a while. I tried therapy. I tried experimental treatments. Um, you know, I tried basically everything. And then, you know, I was, you know, fortunate um, one day, and this is kind of like, you know, one of those moments that you don't really see it at the time, but then you look back and be like, oh man, that was like, that was really the moment where, you know, where things changed in a meaningful way. And uh, a friend of mine uh, invited me to join a, a men's, a men's group here in Toronto. And uh, I ended up going and during that group, uh, I was able to say to these guys, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not okay. Like, yeah. I, I'm not okay. I'm deeply sad. I, I don't know where my life is going. I feel like I have no value in this world. And instead of trying to like fix my problems and say, well, you know, here's something that you could do or, you know, whatever, instead of trying to fix me, like I felt like I had been, you know, I've been getting, I, I've been having people try and fix me my whole life. Yeah. Instead of that, uh, they actually just held space for me. And they said, you know, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, we care about you and thank you for being so open. And, you know, we love that you're here. And it was, it was such a different feeling um, than what I was used to. Yeah. And I decided to keep going back to that. And then in, uh, you know, now, I mean, I'm jumping from November of 2018 to April of 2019. Um, and I'd been going to this group consistently throughout that period. And I decided that I wanted to go on a men's retreat and, and go deeper into the work. Uh, and so I went on a, on a retreat down in Massachusetts in the States. And it was a three day weekend. And, uh, you know, on the I think it was the first day, even um, I did what was called a, a healing journey or a hero's journey. Uh, the, the terms are kind of used interchangeably. But you yeah. what you basically do is you go deep into uh, an experience in your life um, in front of the, the room, which was at that point about 60 men. So it was a lot of guys um that that were there and you kind of go in the middle of the circle and you go really deep into this like one aspect of your life and you know for me it happened to be you know the bullying trauma yes. that I that I went into and it was this hugely powerful you know overwhelming you know emotional experience and I you know I I I had been waking up with panic attacks basically for you know I don't know I guess it was about 10 months, almost every day I'd been, I had been waking up with a panic attack. Um, and if you've ever had a panic attack, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's awful. And, and waking up into them was part of the reason why I found it so hard to get out of bed. Cause you know, by the time it was over, I was just exhausted. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, and so in this moment, I, I, like, I, I went to bed that night after doing this journey and I felt like, you know, pretty loose and like, bouncy and like on my feet and I was like man that felt great and you, you get on this like kind of emotional high from it and the next morning I was able to wake up and I, it was like the first time in 10 months that I, I didn't have a panic attack in the morning mm. and I was like you know I, I was like man something's different here right something's very different in this moment and uh, I ended up leaving that retreat on a, a Monday morning. Um, I, I decided to stay another night because I, I was just too exhausted to drive. Uh, and I drove back on a Monday and I ended up uh, coming back to work on the Tuesday and the Wednesday I quit my job. And uh, in some way, shape or form, I've been building Tether ever since. It's been a, you know, it's been a long journey. I spent the summer uh, uh, after that, you know, sort of figuring, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to, to be able to just, you know, figure things out, yeah. uh, you know, be, uh, you know, I was still horribly anxious and, and, you know, re like it, like I was at that point where it's like, I had just now like cracked that lid open. Right. And like, everything was kind of out there. 
And, and I feel like, you know, sort of since then, it's been this like year and a half of like, you know, learning how to build a company and doing a lot of work on myself. Right. And so it's funny because, you know, some days I, I get really hard on myself. It's like, well, you're not working as hard as like XYZ entrepreneur. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And then I was having a call. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember who. I, oh, yeah. I was doing an Instagram live the other day. And, you know, I, I just he I can't remember exactly what the context was. But basically what I realized was like the, the work that I'm doing on myself, which is you know, almost like in, in a lot of ways, it, it feels like it can be from, from like, you know, the time I get up till the time I go to bed, like, and, and in between, I'm like, man, that's, that's work too, right? Like, that's a different type of work, but it's work. And it, and if you are, you know, if you are doing that at like eight, nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night, because you're, you're in it at that moment, you know, I, I don't think people give themselves credit for, you know, the energy and the emotion and the, the impact that, you know, doing this work and going through anxiety, going through depression, you know, having to, to get yourself to a point where uh, you can get through it. Like, I, I mean, it is work, right? And it, it, it is, it, it can, it can be a full-time job for people. And so when people say like, you know, I'm not doing enough, I'm not that, I'm, I, I always say, it's like, you know, how many hours in the day are you spending you know, managing this type of stuff. And, and when I say managing, I mean, you're earnestly trying to do the things that you need to do to get better, even if you're not, you know, even if you're falling down, or even if you're not doing it the way you think you should be doing it, or the way it's being portrayed by somebody else. And, you know, you, your life doesn't look the same as them. That is a lot of work. And so like, I've been in this, like, you know, I guess, year and a half long period where, um, you know, I am, I am working, you know, 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, if you, if you count up all of the work that I do on myself and the time that I need in order to, to work on myself. So it's, it's, it's been a, a really amazing, terrifying, uh, you know, enlightening uh, period for me. And like, I feel like a, a lot of this is just kind of accumulated even in the last month in terms of really getting to the root of you know, some of the behaviors that I do, some of the ways that I show up, some of the ways that uh, I act and be. Um, and, and for me now, it's really about not wanting to, uh, not wanting to show up in certain ways, not, not wanting to show up in certain limiting ways. Um, uh, because I know that those belief systems and those, those, those structures I've created in my mind aren't true. And so now it's like, you know, now it's like the next step, right? It's like, I know what, you know, I know what the problem is, right? Not the problem. I, I, I don't want to say the problem. I know how I know the mechanisms that I've created in myself to be able to survive. Yeah. And I think I think that's a key distinguisher. A lot of the things that we do, I think we beat ourselves up for doing them. And these are really survival mechanisms, right, that we've built that have been extremely effective, because if they weren't effective, we wouldn't be here today right? Like the things that we do to protect ourselves against other people, um, uh, you know, relationships, uh, you know, you know, limiting beliefs that we have things that, you know, that inner critic that, you know, we keep beating ourselves up on, or beating up on ourselves, all of these things are survival mechanisms that we've used to get us to this point. So, uh, you know, I think for me, building tether has been just as much uh, a growth in personal self-discovery as it has been uh, a growth in learning how to build a business. Like my own healing and my own uh, personal growth has been so parallel uh, with this platform and like figuring out what I need has been figuring out what tether needs in so many ways. And so um, I'm, I'm really grateful for that journey. And, you know, we're, we're on the cusp of, uh, you know, some, I think some pretty exciting stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm continuing to ride the wave. I'm continuing to, to do my best to, uh, you know, to show up and, you know, uh, sometimes I do a better job and sometimes do a worse job, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, I'm definitely moving in the right direction now. And it feels like I'm definitely moving in the right direction in my own life. And, and, uh, you know, that, that is comforting, um, uh, but it's it's also not easy. Like even though uh, you know I found something that I feel like is you know is meaningful and purposeful for me, it doesn't mean that I just sort of float through the days, right? Um, so uh, yeah, I think that's 
that's a long-winded version of my story but you know I just I, I want I wanted to make it as uh, as uh, as uh, as uh, complete as possible for you so oh, there there you go that's no, that's awesome, brother. And you bring up some very good points. You know, as a CEO or someone who is doing great things in this world, you're still having your own challenges too. You're still dealing with yourself, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest component. And I think you bring up a good point about focusing on how far you came and everything that you are doing to get to the point you're at now. Because when you're working on self and you're really deep, you know, diving deep and doing that inner work, brother, it's tough. It's hard. And mm. I remember times I used to get up at four in the morning, brother, working on me, and I'm sitting at my desk crying because it was so hard because I want to revert back to those old behaviors and old patterns that weren't serving me anymore because it was easy. It was comfortable. So mm. I think it's important to look how far you actually come and the work that you're actually doing and realize, like, everything you're doing throughout your day to, to, to manage and keep moving forward and make the choices that align with you with what you want in life. So it's important to look at that instead of, you know, looking at how far you still have to go. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that you're able to reframe that and shift your focus onto everything that you want doing and helping other men do the same, brother. That's powerful. Yeah. Can I ask you, can I jump in and ask you a question on that? When you were saying like, you know, wanting to go back to that, like, because you realized and like, I think, I think like you and I have gotten to this like sort of same spot, right. Where you're like, holy shit, I know what I'm doing yeah. and I know that it doesn't work for me, but yeah. then, but then it's like this other thing where you're like, oh, but like, if I keep doing this, which is comfortable for me, uh, then I'm, I'm not going to get what I want in my life. Wow. And, 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 and then, you know, that that's the case. And then there's this like, there's almost this like feeling like you're like fuck i'm sorry yeah. i hope i can swear yeah, um yeah. yeah but it's like it, you're just like fuck like i can't do that anymore and then you yeah. realize like that you've been doing it this whole time and you're like shit well what do i do like yeah. i gotta do this other thing and you're like oh man i don't want to do that other thing like that other thing's hard to do and you're like shit but like i yeah. know that i can't do this yeah. but it, like but but I, this is how i've survived this whole time Right, and it's like it's like tell. I'd love to hear your sort of like journey with that, and like what that was like for you. It was just <laughs> so you want to interview me? You flipped it. No, yeah, but like I, I, I <laughs> no, just like because you said that, and I've been, I've been like this is kind of like what's been building up for me over the last I don't know like a uh, couple you know yeah. couple months, right? Is really being like oh shit, like no, like I can't do that anymore, right? Yeah, and it's like and yeah. realizing how much certain things were your survival mechanisms, things that you did to make yourself feel safe or to get, you know, kind of attention approval. Anyway, I just, I wanted to drop that out there because I think it's good. It's great. So I, you know, I I will jump into the, you know, the interviewee's chair. No, for Mm. me, brother, it was one of those things like, I always had the potential to do great things. I always wanted to do great things. I'm a helper by nature. I'm a fixer by nature. So I was good at helping other people, telling other people what they need to do, how to do it, to follow the steps. I used to coach high school football. I was good at getting people from where they are to where they want to go. I don't give a damn how much talent you had, what you had going on with you, what your circumstances was. I'm able to get you moving forward. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't keep, I can get myself going, but I couldn't sustain it. I couldn't keep myself moving forward because when shit got tough, when shit got uncomfortable, I would revert back to the things that made me feel good when shit was hard. Mm. For me, it wasn't drugs. It wasn't alcohol. It was sex. Mm. It was pornography. It was women. I lost a marriage due to that. I lost jobs due to shit going on with women. You understand what I'm saying? I lost time. I lost money. I lost a lot of opportunities due to reverting back to behaviors or my old coping skills that weren't serving me anymore. So, It got down to the point like, okay, am I going to keep doing what I'm doing and getting what I'm getting or am I going to do something different? Right. And it was hard. And it was like, okay, Derek, you spent the last 20 odd years doing these same things and you know where it gets you. Mm-hmm. You know that it's not working. So when are you going to start doing something different? And my biggest right. thing is I hated that feeling. I hate that uncomfortable feeling. And for me, I don't know where yours landed at, but for me, that, that stress, the anxiety, it lands dead center massive right right in my chest brother it i mean it's just it occupies my whole chest right and mm-hmm. it's just one of those uncomfortable feelings but then when i what i realized is i started doing the work what i realized is 
I was used to being dictated by my feelings. I was used to being dictated by, you know, what, what, what was, you know, making the choices based on what I felt, what, what, what felt yeah. good to me instead of what was good for me. So what I had to do, man, is realize that I'm going to have shitty feelings. Okay? My feelings are okay. It's about how I respond to them. And it goes down to the choice that I'm making. Do I want this or do I want that? Because at the end of the day, as I started doing my work and, and deep diving, I'm realizing that my circumstances did not determine my outcomes, brother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no matter yeah. what I've been through, being homeless, had to sleep in cars, being physically, emotionally, and sexually abused, that did not determine my outcomes. It was my responses to these things. Mm -hmm. It's the way I chose to deal with things that's determined my outcome. So I started switching up and focusing on my responses, focusing on the decisions that I'm making and being clear on my purpose, being clear on my vision, and then realizing I have to put in the work every single day. I have to put in the work every day and make the choices that align with the things that I want in life. And it's going to suck. It's going to be hard. But I realized that Instead of trying to burst through my comfort zone all at one time, every day I would just push up against it. Every day I just push up against it and try to get it to expand. Every day I would do the shit that made me uncomfortable instead of retreating, instead of hiding and sinking back to my comfort zone. And I realized that the more I push up against it, the wider it gets, the bigger it gets to it expands and pops. But then I realized, boom, now I'm on another level. So I got to keep on pushing up against my comfort zone by doing the things that make me uncomfortable, by doing mm -hmm. the things that I know. Because we, we know what we should do. Like you said yeah. earlier, we, we know the shit we got to do to get moving forward, just that we choose not to do it. So right. when I started putting a lot of value into the choices that I make and realizing that my powers and my choices, that helped me to move forward, that helped me to keep going after. And, and don't get me wrong, I had good days, I had bad days. There's still times, and I, and I say this to my clients, you know, Regardless of what happened, we want to be able to keep moving forward. Sometimes you're not going to be able to move forward as fast as you want. Sometimes you might get knocked down to your knees, crawl forward. Sometimes you might get knocked down to your belly. That's okay. Army crawl forward. But whatever you do, try to keep moving forward. No matter how slow you go, no matter if you only take one step, try to keep moving forward. Yeah. That's that was my message. That was my that was my message to myself. And that's what I did, brother. This continue to keep moving forward, realizing what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to go after. And it all comes down to the choices that I make day in and day out because we are our choices. Right, right. That choices. makes total that makes total sense. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. So that's great. That was a great question. Go ahead and flip the interview, brother. So yeah. Alan, let me put my, my let me put my interviewer cat back on. There you go. We're big and we're talking about emotions, man. And, and and this is something that I'm very big on. I know you're big on as well. But when it come to your when it came to your emotions, man, what was harder for you? Was it harder for you to identify what you feel, process through what you feel, or express what you were feeling? Oh, um, it was like the hardest part was like was processing it for sure. Because like I was so I was so resistant to those feelings even being there in the first place. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, like for me, the biggest thing was, yeah, for me, the biggest thing was, uh, how do I put this? It was, it was feeling those things because it's like, these shouldn't be here. I don't want to be feeling this. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be in this space. Uh, uh, like I don't want to feel inferior. I don't want to feel anxious. I don't want to worry uh, about what people think of me like why can't I just like have my you know why can't my brain just flip um and and like I can wake up and I can feel happy and joyful and like you know I can go and make breakfast and like sit down and do some work and not always feel like the world is like caving in on me and like that's something that I still battle with today right yeah. like because like you know uh I I'm in a position now where you know, the stakes are much higher than, than they were before, right? Like, you know, being at the head, uh, uh, you know, of a company and like, you know, a small company that's growing in a scrappy little startup, you know, we're, we're, we're making ways, but like, you know, I, there's things that come up for me that, you know, I've, I've been dealing with, especially over the last few months that, you know, is, is hugely uncomfortable. And, you know, I've, I've never, you know, been in the situations that I, that I am in right now when it comes yeah. to like, you know, whether it's like, uh, you know, certain processes that just sort of have to like play out over, you know, a period of like weeks and months and stuff like that. And like, 
I'm very much the person who wants things to be done now. I don't want there to be any ambiguity. I want everything to be settled. I want it to, you know, I want that control over, you know, what is going on and, and what's happening. And, and the fact of the matter is, it's like that just simply doesn't exist in what I'm doing. And so, you know, I, what I always, you know, I guess, you know, talk about or like, you know, I don't know, complain about or uh, what I'm most resistant to, let's just say, is the fact that those feelings are there in the first place. And I don't want to have to feel them, period, full stop. I just want to be able to like, go about my day, do a couple things, have things work out the way that I want them to work out. And then I can kind of just move on with that. And it's just not how this whole process works. And so, you know, I think for me is, you know, really the biggest thing for me has been like, you know, just accepting the fact that it's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feel the way that I want all the time throughout this process. I'm not going to just wake up one day uh, and all of a sudden, like, you know, things are going to be different. Like I'm not, I'm not, that's not going to happen for me. Right. And so like, I have to, I have to go through what it is that I'm feeling. I have to let it be there. I have to, Mm. you know, uh, I have to sit in that uncertainty and I have to sit in that pain. And I, I also have to, uh, you know, realize that things may not work out, like despite how, um, you know, despite how, how, how confident I am, uh, you know, in, in Tether and what we're doing, like sometimes things happen where you're like, this isn't supposed to be how it works out. It's supposed to work out like this, this, or this, or it was supposed to be easier, or it was supposed to be this, but not that. And like, you have things that are thrown in your path that you're like, oh my God, like, how am I ever going to deal with this? And it feels hopeless, but then you, you tap back into, you know, why you're doing this and you tap back into the feeling that you've had about what this can feel like in the expansion of it and all, all of those things that you know are there just because you know that those things are there and just because you felt them doesn't mean there's going to be, there's not going to be things that come up and that are thrown in your path uh, that are not going to be difficult or that are not going to challenge you. I mean, these are all parts, you know, of the hero's journey. And I think for a long time, like, and, and, and like still to this day, and this is like the thing that I fight with the most is that I, I feel like it's like, I shouldn't feel like this, or these sh- things shouldn't happen or the feelings. And it's a very entitled in a lot of ways, attitude that these things shouldn't happen, or I shouldn't feel this way. And that's the thing that I, I deal with the most. It's like, I, and I know where it comes from, right? It comes from this place of like, you know, feeling like, you know, you were broken, or that you were something to be fixed and all you ever wanted to feel was like you weren't broken. Right. And so every time a bad emotion comes up, it's like, Oh man, I'm still, I feel like I'm still broken. I still feel like I'm not there yet. I, I, I'm not perfect yet. And I should be better. And like all of these things, and there's like a whole, you know, growing up, you know, with privilege and, and, you know, having people, you know, fix things for you and, you know, you know, having the um, you know, the money, uh, to like, you know, make, you know, to, to fix problems, right? Like, you know, that, that's one thing about money is it helps people fix problems. And when you're always throwing money at a situation or you're throwing effort at a situation to fix a problem, sometimes what you learn is that uh, it's not okay for there to be a problem, yeah, right? right? And that, and, and you build this sort of mental loop. And I think a lot of, there's a lot of kids, especially, you know, with parents like who, who enable, right? Um, you know, for kids that have enabling parents where they don't allow them to fail and they don't allow them uh, to to experience any hardship or go through any problems and fix them themselves, they learn that it's like problems are something that you're not supposed to have. And what the only thing that that does is it creates, you know, it it breaks down a person's ability to be resilient, right? Because there are always going to be things that come up. And so for me, like I'm fighting through these layers of like, you know, you know, having grown up in a space where it's like, it felt like I, I, I shouldn't have problems and that problems were meant to be fixed. And if you just put enough time and money and things like that into them, you could fix any problem. And that was, that was kind of the feeling that I got. And then you also come with feeling like you're a problem and, and, you know, not wanting to, uh, you know, not wanting to feel like a problem anymore and, and always feeling like you were something that needed to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And so it creates all of these conditions for me 
whereby then I'm like, you know, anytime like a bad feeling comes up, it's just like an indication of something that's wrong or something that I need to fix. And I'm like, how do I fix it? What do I do? What kind of money can, and it's like, and that all just creates this level of resistance and tension that doesn't allow you to actually feel what you're feeling. So I would say my biggest issue is, is actually just allowing those feelings to be there um, and, and not reading into them too much and just being like, yep, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. And then being able to, to actually allow those things to be there and just move on with my day. That would be my biggest challenge. <laughs> I get it, brother. You said a lot. And I like the way that you're working through it and making space for the thing that you are for me, man. So listen, brother, you gave us a lot of great information, man. I, I love what you're doing and the way you're doing. I want to ask you one last question, brother. And I want you to answer the, to the best of your ability, man. Mm -hmm. What type of legacy are you leaving in this world? Or how do you want to be remembered when it's all going on? Oh, man, that's a... I mean, if you you asked me that question, like, um, you know, uh, a year ago, I would have had, like, all of these, like, you know crazy lofty uh ambitions and you know saying you know i want to be you know the you know saying where i want tether to go and you know what kind of a company i think it's going to be and all of that kind of stuff um and today i'm actually i know that i want to have an impact on the world i know that i want to help build conscious businesses um, I know that I want to be of service to people. Um, I know that I want to have great relationships in my life with people, uh, with friends, family, uh, with a partner, hopefully one day with, you know, children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's interesting. You asked me that question at a very, like we're, uh, you know, it's December 20th. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, you know, me and my team are definitely going to be taking time off over the holidays from the 24th, to at least the 31st, just to rest. And I think like, I'll have a lot better of an answer for that after that period. I mean, right. if you go back, um, I really haven't had, you know, a day, you know, it's like, I haven't had more than a long weekend kind of off in, I would say two years mm. or like, almost. no, 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 that's, that's too long, a year and a half. Okay. Um, and and as a result, like there's been so much that's happened from, you know, January, you know, January 2018, when when my friend passed away to, you know, me going through like the darkest period of my life to like pulling myself out of it, to finding men's groups, to uh, going on that retreat, to quitting my job, to starting Tether, uh, to then, you know, doing what it took to kind of get through the first year with the company. And like, I I've been sort of, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, man. Um, it's been a, you know, I, I, I definitely feel a little burned out right now. And I've told, yeah. you know, I've told my friends, I've told my family, I've told, you know, my business partners that like, uh, you know, it's been harder for me to focus over the last sort of few weeks. And it's been an intense couple of months, um, and I haven't been taking care of myself. And, and for like the one thing I'd really love to stress to men is like self-care is a totally a fucking thing and it needs to be done. Um, and that that's kind of I think my next edge is really, you know, taking care of myself uh, in, in a, you know, in a, a more significant way. And something I hope to start, you know, doing a little bit better kind of over the, the holidays is when I have like at least like a week off to like decompress is like take care of all this stuff that I, I was sort of neglecting in myself. But um, I'm rambling, but there is a point to all of this. Um, I, I, I think like, you know, it's been such an intense year and a half for me. Uh, and I haven't really had any time to let anything settle. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and like, you know, I've moved through so much, you know, uh, uh, personally, professionally, uh, you know, I've done a lot of work, you know, I've uncovered a lot of unhelpful, unconscious patterns, things that I do, ways that I be in the world that, you know, uh, that, I, you know, I, I'm no longer comfortable showing up in that in that role either. Um, and it's not it's not the most empowered version of me either. And that's, you know, a, a big thing is like, 
realizing kind of what my core protective mechanisms and survival techniques were and being like, okay, this doesn't serve me anymore and, and not wanting to show up in that way. And so there's all of this stuff that's kind of like, I'm waiting, I'm almost waiting for it to settle a little bit where, you know, I can, I can take a bit of time. I can spend like a week or a little bit, you know, more just, you know, without work and without, um, without, uh, those kinds of commitments where I can just be with myself and be like, okay, what has really happened over this last and like, what is now really super important to me? So obviously right now at the top of my list, I mean, you know, I would probably say that, you know, I'm the most important thing to me right now. Yeah. Right. Um, and taking care of myself and, and, you know, really, you know, doubling down on the things that I need in order to feel, whole and healthy and and you know that has a lot to do with how I feed myself and you know how I take care of my space and all of that kind of stuff um and then I would say the next most important thing is obviously you know my family and and friends and and tether and like there's like all of these things that are super important in my life that uh you know I that are all going to create the legacy and I I think it's just so early for me to even think about legacy, but uh, I know, I know that my journey is definitely like I'm on the right path and I know that I'm here to build conscious businesses. And I I don't know exactly what that legacy piece looks like for me right now. I I feel like I'm still figuring it out and I still, and, and, and so much of that legacy has to do with the choices that I decide to make and who, uh, who I decide I want to be in the world. Right. It's like, if I, if I keep, you know, going back into like old patterns, uh, then, you know, that legacy doesn't have its time to play out. But, you know, if I can get really real with myself and say, you know, these are the things that I no longer, you know, no longer wish to do. Um, and, and uh, you know, I no longer wish to act and be in this way. Well, then I have a really, you know, a really good shot at, I think, doing, you know, something that I can be really proud of. And and that and, and that's really mostly what I want my legacy to be is like, I just want to be able to look back on what I've done and what I've built in the relationships that I've had and just say, you know what, um, I did, I did the best I can, I did good, I had a great life. And, and that's, I think, you know, legacy is, is such an external thing. Um, and it's like, I'm sure there's tons of guys who have like a quote unquote legacy, um, and died miserable. Do you know what I mean? Because it was all about the show. It was all about the exterior. And so like, I think my legacy, the way that I'm going to try and define it is a legacy that I have with myself, which was, you know, am I proud of what I did? Am I proud of myself? Um, am I happy with what I, you know, I did in life? Can I forgive myself and be like, you know what you did? You did the best that you could with what you got dealt um, and you overcame what you needed to overcome. And, and that's, I think that's kind of where it lands with me right now is like, can I, can I be proud of myself? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and because that's, that's, that's the feeling that I've kind of been missing my whole life is that feeling of pride in what I do and that pride in myself. And I think that's really what we're looking for because, you know, honestly, if you're proud of yourself and you care about yourself and you're like, yeah, I'm doing what I can and you can give yourself that space really that's that's the only thing like do you know what I mean you could be doing anything and feel like that and be good right it's it's not anything else it's really just how we feel about ourselves everything else is just completely secondary so um yeah that's kind of how I want to frame that whole that legacy thing but a really good question that's awesome brother so listen man I want to say thank you for coming through today you are definitely a made man you are definitely (laughs) You are definitely accessible. You are definitely disciplined. You are definitely expressive, man. And that's what we need more of in this world. So I thank you for coming through the Made Men Project, man, and sharing yourself, sharing your story, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and transparent. And thank you. This is what other men need to hear. This is why I do this, man. So I truly appreciate you. Let people know where they can reach you at, man. 
Absolutely. And and I just want to say it's an honor to be on here with you. And, uh, you know, I know you did one of the very early IGTV lives with me on Tether, and I want to thank you for that. And I mean, your story is also uh, incredible, and I know you've probably shared it a bunch on here, but where you can find me uh, on Instagram, you can find us on at Tether for Men, that's T-E-T-H-R-F-O-R-M-E-N, so at Tether for Men, that's on Instagram, uh, that's on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us at Tether, T-E-T-H-R, uh, on, on Facebook as well. Uh, you can always email me, uh, you know, info at tether.men. Uh, you can get me, get in touch with me there. Uh, you can probably find me on Instagram. You know, I'm probably the only mad zerker there on Instagram. So you can find me in a lot of different places. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a man, if you're looking for more community, more meaning, more purpose in your life, uh, obviously, you know, uh, you know, working with you, Derek is, is a great way to start that journey. Uh, mm -hmm. come find tether. Uh, you know, we also, we do it a bit differently. We're doing it in a community setting. We're doing it in a peer-based setting. Uh, you know, I, I work with coaches. I also post on the app. And so uh, if you guys come find us in that, in that neck of the woods, that that's great. And uh, otherwise, uh, you know, I just say like, you know, keep, keep on the journey to, to all these people uh, who are listening to you. Uh, keep going deeper, like the deeper I've gone into, into my feelings, the deeper I've, it's been messy. It's been uh, not a, you know, not a straightforward process. It hasn't been that like, you know, straight up into the right line. Uh, but it's, you know, more and more and more worth it every single day. I get to do stuff like this and get to have these conversations. So thank you. Absolutely, man. Amazing brother. Once again, I truly appreciate you. You take care, man. Look forward to seeing the great things you're bringing to the world in 2021, brother. Thank you so much, Derek. Thank you for having me, man. All right, brother. All righty. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I truly hope something on this episode resonated with you. It is my hope that you know that no matter what you're dealing with or what you're going through, you don't have to suffer in silence, isolation, and shame. We all have struggles. We all have things that we are dealing with and ignoring or avoiding what you're thinking and feeling and not allowing yourself to be vulnerable or express any internal hurt and pain doesn't make you more of a man. Please understand that. Also, please share this episode. You never know what someone is going through and something in this episode may help. Remember, no matter what it is or how hard it is, that's not all there is. You don't have to stay stuck or struggling. Your power is in your choices. So what type of choices are you going to make today? I'm here, my brother. You know I love you. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man.